Back again with Mr. Waldman here on the Collective uh, podcast feed for our NIL subscribers. Um, Matt, I've seen some or some trickling in some opinions on the running back class for next year. We're going to be talking about Braylon Allen today. Uh, Braylon Allen came into into college as a linebacker or safety prospect, four star prospect out of four Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Uh, of course, he ended up making the switch to running back um, there at Wisconsin. And I thought that he ran, as a freshman, that he ran like a safety or a linebacker. Uh, he ran directly into contact, um, you know, didn't necessarily anticipate collisions. What, did it somewhat successfully because of his size and athleticism, but I thought that there were some nuances of the game that he didn't understand because he hadn't played full-time running. When you watch Braylon Allen, do you see someone who is improving on the nuances of the game from between his, you know, either last year or his freshman year and this year? What do you see? Yeah, I think I've seen some improvement here. I mean, I've seen him access cutback lanes um, when he's running, in, you know, inside with zone blocking. Um, I've seen him you know, press creases a little bit deeper. Um, he's getting within two to three steps of his blockers, which, you know, isn't ideal, but it's better. <laughs> um, you know, I think he's reading penetration into the backfield in a pretty timely manner, and he can give himself enough room to, to get away from that penetrator. Um, you know, he's even spotting some cutbacks on, you know, gap plays, which is kind of unusual, but, I, I wish that he would uh, just stay downhill on some of these plays that he tries to cut back. It's almost like he's learning the value of the cutback and now he's going hog wild. Oh, there's a cutback as opposed to like, sometimes there's cutbacks that you just don't take. And I think that with gap plays, he's kind of learning that where I really want to see maybe him get, you know, I've seen him drop his pads and do a pretty good job, you know, and you know, in that respect, but his footwork is still the thing that needs to get better. Like he, he has some jump cut ability. He can use that in succession. I've seen him set up cuts across the formation with changes to his stride length. So you're seeing the eyes and the feet are starting to come together for him as a running back, not just as a, you know, former linebacker. Um, but he has to learn how to flip his hips. Cause I think that as a running back, if you can't flip your hips, you can't make the efficient, cuts and changes of direction in tight traffic that are going to help you avoid defenders in tight um, areas. And I think that that's the area that's kind of the final frontier with his movement that I'd like to see him do because he can get his feet up against, you know, shots to his lower leg. So he's negotiating heavily trafficked areas. And I think he has some moves on him that he can do some pretty good, you know, like giving the leg and taking it away. Um, you know, and there's and he's quick enough to, to to usually bounce some plays outside in the college game. So there's there's a lot of things I think to like about him as a really good college back. Um, I'm interested to see whether or not that really good college back can translate to really good starter in the NFL. Right now, I'm a little skeptical of just how much that's gonna that's gonna work out. Um, especially in today's game where, it, you know, it just seems like teams don't favor the grinders and he's a little bit 
and and I just wonder how that he, was actually going get. to be my follow up question. Is yeah. that you know you mentioned flipping and sips? I think we associate that term with lateral agility. Does he does he need to develop that skill to be successful at the NFL level, or or can he be a guy that has one or two tricks and he masters those tricks and he's successful on the, one of those one or two things? I think successful in the sense of he can make a team and have a role in terms of successful for your campus to Canton league. Probably not. He needs to be able to flip the hips. He needs to, because the, the more things that he can do to be a lead back and not just a situational red zone or short yardage guy, he's going to have to show that he can bounce plays that he can give a team flexibility with the types of, concepts that they can run and otherwise teams are going to know what's coming with him and when they know that you know look at look last weekend with cam Akers. not that he's one-dimensional and by any stretch of the imagination but when teams decide that they're going to stop the running game and they go look you've got tutu atwell and you've got puka nakua and now everyone's happy about how they did but let's remember there are a lot of you know, eight and nine man boxes going on or, or heavier boxes going on because they're like, who's the most valuable guy we need to stop on that offense? It wasn't Puka Nakua and Tutu out. It was Cam Akers. And he carried it 29 times for what, 22 yards or 22 times for 29 yards. And yeah, Kyron Williams did well, but they were running against tendency with them. When they said they're going to stop a weapon, they're like, we got to load the box to do that. And so... You know, Akers had some nice gains in that game, just not enough of them, a lot of losses in between that. With a guy like Allen, for him to get that kind of treatment, he's going to have to be able to bounce plays and make teams pay for one or two guys playing good gap sound, you know, defense, and then him being able to bounce outside because there's not enough men in the box to contain him. Um, and then force them to stack the box and then they can throw to whoever they want to, whether they have good receivers or they have, you know, Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell who are unproven, might be good, but they're a little bit on the unproven side, but giving them easy opportunities. So I think for Allen, yeah, he's going to have to learn to do that or else it's really, he's, you know, he's going to get foiled by, you know, even by five man or six man fronts. Um, playing just sound defense. Now, I know that you break down running backs as to whether their strengths would be in a gap-heavy or zone-heavy scheme. I think when we look at someone like Braylon Allen, six foot two, 240 pounds, we think gap-heavy scheme. Um, is that a correct assumption to make with someone like Braylon Allen? Um, you know, it's. I think that it's certainly something that is a a good way to look at it if if he attacks creases hard and he tends to do that so there's two style of gap runners that i think work well in the nfl the bangers you know the legarrett blunt you know braylon allen types who can you know get downhill and or uh, you know even um who's another example of that leonard fournette you know someone who even an aging fournette who may not be as fast as he once was he can run through you. He's going to accelerate through that and he's going to play hard and he's going to pull through reaches and wraps. And, and he also isn't a great cutback runner. So if you get him on one lane, he's going to be like that, 
you know, I've always said he's going to be like that 18-wheeler carrying a heavy cargo going through a toll booth. In one lane, you could put like, you could probably put like a Jeep in that toll booth, toll booth lane and, and he'll run through that Jeep. Now, if you ask him to make a cutback, he might wipe out the entire toll plaza because of the, the way the truck's going to skid across the, the whole thing and it's going to tip over. Alan is, Alan's that kind of guy that I think he's a little more agile than Fournette. So he can do both. Um, but I would say also, you know, you have the bigger guys and then you have the, the really fast guys. You can be momentum generated power in that, reg in that regard. But Alan's more the true power guy. He can do both for you. I would say the gap would be a little bit better for him because um, he, he doesn't have great speed and great acceleration. So if you're asking him to make cutbacks and get downhill, how good is he going to be able to run through that crease that he just cut or bounced to? So, you know, they might, he can probably do both, but a, a steady diet of gap plays would be helpful. I think in general, when the fantasy community makes comparisons to players, they're usually making like size and athleticism comparisons. And when I've, I mean, I've listened to you long enough that you compare players based on the skills and traits that they have, regardless of what their body frames is. The most common uh, comparison for Braylon Allen has been A.J. Dillon, and that is probably a size uh, comparison. Uh, they are coming out of Boston College. How would you compare those players or tell me that they're not comparable at all? And I think one of the other reasons why we're comparing Braylon Allen to A.J. Dillon is A.J. Dillon ended up in the second round, so we kind of want to – make that comp fit so we can guarantee that this guy that, you know, is going really in the first round or the second round of campus to campus startup drafts that we get that also that draft capital with what he's doing on the college side. So how would you compare those two players? Well, I think a lot of people saw AJ Dillon coming out of Boston college as a grinder, kind of a slower back. They thought he was more on the scale of, and I'm not going to say that he was Jordan Howard, but I think they would have said that he was more in that neighborhood than he was an explosive runner. And I disagreed with that idea. I thought he was, you know, not only just agile, but he also had good burst. He could catch, you know, he had very good movement. And I think that um, while you don't always get to see that as much in Green Bay, because he's not getting a lot of touches. It's just, you, you know, it's, it, I think he's a back that you need to give him touches and get him going in the way that you kind of need to give Derrick Henry touches to get him going. Um, and I think that that's, that's kind of where he's at. So with Allen, the guy that kind of comes to mind is a little more of an older school name, but TJ Duckett. He kind of reminds me a little bit of TJ Duckett. stand up. Kalamazoo said Lloyd Norris, TJ Duckett. There you go. And they're, you know, kind of top heavy, um, you know, can run hard, but are you, you know, can make some cuts for you, but are you really relying on him to be your A back? I, 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 I'm not sure that I, I still have questions about that with him. So the comparison to Dylan, I think, I can understand why people are saying it, but I think people got Dylan wrong. And I think that we're going to find out in a year, maybe, maybe next year, because Dylan's contract's up next year and he's going to get an opportunity somewhere. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a lead back and a good one. 
TJ Duckett had moments where he was a lead back. I mean, are we talking about, you know, a 1A situation where he needs to be paired with another player? Yeah, I think so. I think okay. from what I've seen thus far, um, I think you could probably get away with it for a year, but you're you're looking for somebody else, I think, at this stage. And I know Allen's got much more of a higher profile than Duckett did at, at this point. But um, I'm not... You know, maybe I'll see more with his game, but after watching him against Michigan State and Iowa last year, um, I just felt like that he's he's still kind of on his way, and I'm not sure that the that the 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 explosion is there for him to do the things he's doing in the Big Ten that he's going to be able to do elsewhere. Now, the guy that I think that might is his backup, who you know. You know, if if you could see this and you can't, I know you would be laughing. You know, because Felix. I've been is, so dismissive because because you've been talking to me about this player really since last year. Yeah, and uh, so I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you yeah. preach. Yeah, I think Ches Malusi, the former um, the former Clemson running back, who was a you know a pretty heavy recruit who backed up. Travis Etienne. He's 5'11, 210 pounds. And I think he can give you starter execution in a limited role. It's almost like I I look at Allen and his people are viewing him from a starter level expectation. And with Ches Malusi, they're viewing him from a no expectation whatsoever. And they're actually meeting in the middle, um, if you ask me. Because when I watched Malusi, you know. Maybe he doesn't identify penetration quite as quickly as, say, Allen can um, in certain areas. I think he's good at it off the edge, but maybe inside he's not quite as good as, as Allen is. But he presses creases deeper. He has that hip flip you're looking for that he can really open his hips and he can drop his weight into quick stops. So he has that movement skill that's a little more dynamic. The speed is there. Um, the acceleration is there. Um, I think that he understands how to use his feet. Um, and he runs with a really good lean over his pads. So he's he can bounce off head-on contact from linebackers and creases. Um, I think that he has, um, you know, the ability to continue through contact pretty well. You know, again, the receiving game, he has some lapses there. He has some lapses as a blocker. Um, and the torn ACL in 2021 means he's played, what, this is his fifth year? I think it's his fifth year. It might even be longer, but it's his fifth year in college football. So the ages are going yeah. Yeah, to be worried about the whole older thing, which, you know, you know, I'm not talking about him as a, as a first-day pick. I'm probably talking about him as a late third-day pick. But, um, you know, when I look – when I see Ches Malusi and I go, huh, I'd kind of rather have him in the game in certain situations than I would Braylon Allen. That makes me think about Braylon Allen maybe being slightly overvalued. And then it also makes me think after watching Malusi play Penn State, Purdue, and Minnesota, you know, over a two-year period, as the, and he was a former 18th-ranked running back by 24-7 sports, backing up Etienne, there's something to this guy. Um, 
And I went and we'll see if he can continue to improve his game. Maybe he can be a solid third day pick um, and maybe surprise some people with, with the skills. Um, because again, you know, you come to Clemson, you're not going to be expected to do certain things. Um, maybe. And same thing with Wisconsin. Maybe there are certain things he's not going to be expected to do as often. So um, just the point being is that I think maybe Braylon Allen is um, considered really good, but maybe there's a sneaky trap door with his game. And I would say that people think that Chesma Lucy may just as just a name that's a backup. And maybe there's a, you know, there's a sneaky ladder leading up to a, a an area where you can access more of a game than people realize. We we haven't talked about Raheem Sanders. I think that that would be the next natural conclusion, but we've gone through Travion Henderson and now Braylon Allen, and they were taken back-to-back in League of Record, which is the league that I've been using to assess the value of all of these players. Uh, Travion Henderson went, what, 109 and Bray, or 110, excuse me, and Braylon Allen went right after him. Uh, at the 111, almost there at the end of the first round. And that's, that's probably standard. Chesma Lucy, if I had to guess, is not rostered in most leagues. Let me see if I can filibuster myself Probably here. not. Uh, um, I don't think that he is. But he's been playing relatively well on the season. Uh, 25 carries overall, 207 yards, uh, 8.3 per attempt, three touchdowns. Even that first game against Buffalo, both Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi went over 100 yards. But that might have caused people to pick him up. Let's see here if I can bring up whether or not he's been rostered. It looks like he's rostered across 18% of leagues over our 1%. Hey. Yeah, so. Oh, one percent. No, no, no. He's rostered in one percent of leagues. Okay. Uh, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven camps to leagues, and he's only rostered in one of them. So if you're listening to this, Mr. Waldman is telling you to, you know, you can spend, especially if you have unlimited waivers. Chesma Lucy might be one of these, these guys that you can slide onto the end of your uh, campus roster, and maybe not someone that you're going to start on the campus side, absent an injury to Braylon Allen. But if you get day three draft capital with someone on the end of your roster, you just get that equity in your NFL roster that other players aren't getting. So uh, go ahead and slide Ches Malusi onto your campus roster. Again, I think that probably an ad if you have unlimited waivers. If you have one, if you have four, I, per- I wouldn't consider it. But if you have unlimited waivers, I would. Um, all right. And, well, and Braylon Allen for another comp? Why not Christopher Brooks? I mean, you know, there's a little more Christopher Brooks to his game than there may be like, um, you know. And you a. like a. Christopher Dillon. Brooks. In I, I love myself some Christopher Brooks. But I think that I knew Christopher Brooks was always going to be an undrafted free agent. And hmm. Braylon Allen's could be considered oh, a second round pick. So there's a little bit of a difference there. You're giving me an aneurysm over here. <laughs> um, all right, so I have to ask the question. I think you've already answered. Ches Malusi, I know you're buying. Yeah, at his, I know at, you're at his, yeah, at his price, yes. At his price, into the first round, Braylon Allen, are you buying or selling? I'm selling. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm selling. But it's, so, you know, I mean, he's not – I think he and Trevion Henderson are both not far away from their value, 
but I just think it's a little pricey. To, there are people who are listening to this round guys. Who, who drafted Travion Henderson and then they picked up Braylon Allen off the waiver wire. But since he Braylon Allen was a safety in most freshman drafts, he wasn't drafted. But there are folks who've got Travion Henderson and Braylon Allen, and they think that they are going to be set for a long time on their NFL rosters. But that's why you listen to this podcast. And, you know, I mean, we know I can be wrong. I've certainly made my, have my share of misses. But, you know, at the same time, running back is a – is a fickle mistress, so we'll, we'll we'll put it that way, and and I think that it's one of those scenarios where, with the way the league's been as of late, um, we're seeing more and more two, three running back committees. These guys just look like right now they look more gauged toward committee them than they do gauge towards um, you know Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb kind of um, volume. I just don't I just don't see that in them. We'll see. Well, I love the fact that I have a committee with Mr. Waldman. We'll be back next week uh, here on The Collective.